In today's episode, we're speaking to Brian Will. Brian Will is a serial entrepreneur and an industry-leading business and sales management consultant. During the course of his career, Brian has created or co-created seven very successful companies in four different industries. These companies were worth over a half a billion dollars at their peak. He has also done multiple turnaround projects for companies from startups to Fortune 500 and helped those organizations drive billions of dollars in sales. His multifaceted background gives him the ability to understand and teach agile processes and principles that um, um, principles. And therefore, he actually himself went uh, was at one point a dropout from college and he went on to become a multimillionaire. Let's speak to Brian and find out how he changed his life by changing his mindset. Let's find out. And if you want to upgrade your mindset, then click on the link www.millionairefoundations.com and watch my free training. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And today I'm so excited. I have Brian Willard with us. Welcome, Brian. Hey, Gul. How are you? I am super, super excited to be speaking to you, Brian. Brian, everyone's heard your intro. They know how fantastic you are. But please, in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you do. Well, today I am a business cons- business coach consultant. I run a mastermind organization. That's what I do for fun. Outside of that, I own several businesses. I own a small restaurant chain. I own a real estate company. I have a little technology company. My history is in doing venture capital and private equity deals. So long business history. But what I do today is work with young entrepreneurs and helping them to grow their business. Fabulous, fabulous. So this leads me on to our, you know, the topic for today, which is your life journey, because I was looking when we were talking to you off um, um, off camera, you have had quite a journey yourself. You know, there's a book that I can see the backdrop of a book from behind you, which is Dropout to Multimillionaire. Talk us through your journey. How does a dropout become a multimillionaire? Because I think I know this not to be this is not the case, but a lot of people have this misguided idea. In order for you to be wealthy, you have to go to college, you have to have a degree, you have to do X, Y, and Z. And if you don't have an education behind you, then you're going to end up, you know, working on minimum wage. Talk us through your journey. How did you become a multimillionaire? You know, this is this my story goes back to my childhood. So I I, I was raised in an abusive home, and mm-hmm. when I say abusive, I mean every kind of abuse you can think of. Um, Drop, I failed out of high school when I was 16 years old, uh, managed to get back in. I graduated with a 1.2 GPA, which is basically a D. Got kicked out of the house after I graduated, didn't have any place to go. So I joined the military. I did a year on active duty. Um, I did four years in the Air Force, four years in the Army, all in the National Guard. So I did the military thing. I got out of that and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. I was trying to hold jobs. I couldn't hold any jobs. Uh, ended up as a busboy at a restaurant chain here in the U.S. called Applebee's. My future wife was a waitress and I was a busboy and that's how we met. So this was my story at 21 years old. Broke, busboy, no future, no clue what I was going to do. Kept getting fired. But 
I was that kid. Now, my grandfather was a third grade educated dropout who ended up owning a bunch of businesses when, and when he was older. And I used to spend my childhood with my grandfather. And I think it imprinted on my brain this concept of doing your own thing and living your own life and doing what you want to do. So I got this idea that I would start my first business and having really no education and no discernible job skills, I became a landscaper mm. because I figured anybody could mow grass and dig holes. Uh, and so that's what I did. Um, and then I built that up over about seven years and we had seven franchises in the Atlanta area. And then the entire thing collapsed. My world collapsed. I lost all my money, my house, my cars, my child had to have open heart surgery. I was a mess at 29 years old. So that's how I got started in life. Uh, and then wow. I went on and started building other businesses from there. All right. So let's, let's break this down. What kind of mindset did you have? Well, how did you, how did you instill the self-belief that you could have? I mean, when people think of having a business, they think of having one business. They don't understand the concept of franchise and, you know, doing that in your twenties is, it's quite, um, you know, quite uh, amazing. What prompted you to expand your business and make it into a franchise and, you know, and, and develop in that regard? So, Gull, I consider myself to be ambitiously lazy. Mm. And what that means is I'm willing to work really hard for a short period of time so that I can not have to work so hard later without sacrificing my income. And in understanding, I was a I was an angry young man with a chip on my shoulder who didn't listen to people and didn't want to be told what to do. So I tried to do everything myself and tried to do it my own way, which was the cause of my demise, by the mm -hmm. way. But I just knew I wanted more. Right. Mm -hmm. When I was a kid, I was a kid who took out the Sears catalog and circled everything I wanted. And it was almost everything in, in the catalog. If you're, I don't know if you have Sears catalogs over in the UK. Well, but we, have, we, 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 we have catalogs here. So I, I know yeah. what you're talking about. We don't have Sears yes. catalog, but we do have catalogs. So I know what you're So that about. was what I did as a kid. So there was always something in me that wanted more. This mm -hmm. just was innate in, in who I was. And so when I went into business, it was always about getting bigger and, and making more money and Unfortunately, I made a lot of money and then spent more than I had. And, and again, another big lesson I learned in that big failure, in that first failure, which has carried with me the rest of my life, by the way, there's all the lessons in success happen in failure, as long as you learn from the failure. I agree. Right? I agree. As long as you learn from the failure. If you don't learn, you're just going to make the same mistakes again. So so what happened? Uh, you say you've lost it all. Your, your child had open heart surgery. Is that what took your mind off from your business? What, what caused the, your business to collapse? So I made two critical errors early on that, that, again, I teach people today and I also learned myself. The first one was the majority of my income came from one client. Okay. And that is a huge no-no in any business because when that client decided to stop using me, my entire business collapsed. All my employees, my investments, my equipment, my debt. So that's a huge one. Never invest or allow one client to be the majority of your, your revenue stream. Mm -hmm. The second one was because I was that kid who got kicked out of high school and, and failed and didn't know what to do. When I started making a little bit of money, I started spending it and I was spending every dollar I made. And we were doing okay, but I also had two mortgages on two houses, three car payments, a payment on my motorcycle, credit card payments. And so we were basically living paycheck to paycheck, even though at the time, and this is 30 years ago, you know, I was making $100,000 a year, which was a lot of money back then, but I was also spending 102 or 105. So I had nothing left over. And unfortunately, when tough times hit, if you haven't prepared yourself properly, you're going to take a fall. And that's exactly what I did.
Okay. I, and I, I, I completely understand that because you do, it's n- becoming wealthy. It's not about the amount of money you make. It's about the amount of money you keep and how that's you right. invest and how you allow money to grow for you. So that's a, that's a different skill set. Making money is a, one skill set and then growing wealthy and making wealth, um, you know, being wealthy is another skill set. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Right. So what happened? I mean, how did you pick yourself up again once you've lost the houses, the cars and everything and your child's in critical stage? How did you pick yourself up again? You don't have any choice, right? So mm-hmm. it, I always say when 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 everything falls apart, you have a choice to, in my case, man up or give up. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't have a choice. I had a daughter. I had a wife. I had to I had to take care of my family. So I went back to what I call me and a shovel and a truck. And I started doing landscaping by myself again, as opposed to having all the employees and offices. And then a friend of mine came along and he said, Hey, why don't you sell insurance? Mm. And I said, why in the world would I ever sell insurance? What a terrible job. What a terrible field to get into. I mean, I'm not a salesperson. Mm. And it took him about six months to finally convince me by showing me bigger and bigger commission checks. And finally I said, okay, I'll sell insurance. Cause it seems like you're making a lot of money. And so I started selling insurance with him at night while I was doing landscaping during the day. And within six weeks, I was 50% of the production in this entire insurance office. And it turned out I was really good at sales, something I never knew. Like it was a skill set I'd always had apparently, but didn't know I had it. Mm. And so I thought, well, I'm good at sales and I can sell insurance. So I quit working for the agency and I started my next insurance agency on my own. Mm -hmm. And And I developed a system back then that had never been done before, which was selling insurance over the phone. Today, you can't even imagine having to have an insurance agent come out to your house and visit with you and make you do all the paper. We did today. We do the internet. Well, back then I just did it over the phone. And within a year and a half, I'd created the first direct to consumer call center in the health insurance space in the country. The dot-com boom was happening in 1999. And I got acquired by a venture capital firm out of the blue. They literally called me and said, we heard about you. We want to buy you. And so that was my introduction into the venture capital world. And then my, my business and life took off from there. Fabulous. But to get there, you had to learn the skills over time. So here's my next question to you. And this is the case with a lot of people. When they fail, I mean, I, I'm using the word failure very lucidly because I think there's no such thing as a failure. They're all lessons and as long as you're willing to take from them. But let's just use the word failure for the time being. And I have someone in mind when I'm, when I'm saying this. This individual who was very smart, very, you know, very, uh, he did lots of things and he, you know, pulled himself through university, got a degree, and then he went on to have his business and that business did really, really well for a certain number of years, about six, seven years, and then it collapsed. Mm -hmm. And once the business collapsed, he just never got out of him again. And he too had a daughter, but she wasn't mm-hmm. sick, of course. And his wife was, you know, became the main breadwinner. The marriage collapsed. He went into depression and he's finally just coming out of it now. So I know this for a fact that you said I, I didn't have a, a, I didn't have a, a choice, but you had a sort of mindset that people can learn from because you, the fact that you failed once does not necessarily mean you're going to fail again. How do you say, okay, you know what? I've done it. I've lost it. It doesn't matter. I'll start again. Having that courage to get up and do it again and face adversity, face people's opinions and all, 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 you know, all of that stuff. How did you do that? How did you, where did you get the courage from? And how did you talk to yourself to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to start my own. Cause it would be very easy for you to stay with that insurance company and just make commissions rather than say, I'm leaving. I'm going to start my own insurance agency. That takes a certain kind of mindset to get there. How did you get there? 
You know, that's an interesting question. And I liken it back to something I talk about in my first book. And um, I think people who go through adversity, particularly as a child or a teenager, I, I say that they go one of three routes, right? So in a, if you're in an abusive home, hmm. the first route is you continue the pattern and you become an abuser, yes. right? The second pattern is you let it defeat you and you become basically nothing and you just victim. hole up and yeah. You, yeah, you're a victim and you're never. And the third uh, way you can go, and I find this in a lot of business CEOs, athletes, hmm. entre- uh, entrepreneurs, and, and artists, is you take that pain and you take that trauma and you use it as fuel mm. to push you forward because I, I was so angry at what I thought it was. I had to prove that I, I had to prove to everybody who thought I was a loser. I had to prove to everybody who thought I would never make it that I could actually do something. I could actually make something out of my life. Now, here's the funny thing going. I know you know this. Mm. Eventually, you're going to figure out that the people that you're fighting against, that, that, that you think you have to prove something to, aren't the real problem. The real problem is you. You have to prove to yourself that you're not that person that you think that they think you are, mm-hmm. right? I always say when you when you meet your enemy, you find out that your enemy is actually you. Yeah. And that's that's when you get to that point, that's where you can make that breakthrough and you can start moving on. But I use trauma as a fuel, right? And I always call it my my anger box. I I push all that that trauma and that that those problems into this little box that I hide in my subconscious. And when I need it, I always call it cracking the lid. I crack the lid on that anger box. And when I let a little about that, a little of that out, I get really intense and I move forward. And I know when I can do that, but there's also danger in there because I know if I open it too much and let too much out, then I become a raving lunatic and that's not who I want to be. Yeah. So you have to control that anger box, I call it, with that trauma, allow it to fuel you to move forward. Uh, and why people go down those three routes, I, I, I don't know. I, I think you do a lot of work in this area and what you do is yeah. is clearing that those issues up for people. But um, I don't know why I went down that route. I just did. I guess I was one of the lucky ones that was able to use that as fuel and not let it destroy me. I mean, I, I completely agree with what you just said. And I think it's true. I think it's how you mm-hmm. view things. It's not allowing the circumstances to make your decisions. It's it's making decisions regardless of circumstances and just working through them and not thinking you're lucky or unlucky and just creating your own luck through sheer hard work. I think there is an element of mindset that, you know, the the more positive mindset you have, the luckier that you get. As simple as that, mm-hmm. the law of attraction one-on-one. But going back to this idea, I mean, I, I went through a, a very, very, very difficult childhood myself and I, and I was severely, severely dyslexic. And I didn't know I, I was dyslexic. I found out this, I was dyslexic at the end of my first year floor degree, right? Uh, and by then I was a top student who knew. Um, and I remember now in hindsight, it made sense because until the until I was 11 years old, so until high school, I couldn't read a full sentence of, you know, literally I couldn't really read a full sentence. I, you know, had to stutter and read. But I just thought that was normal. And I stayed right. extra hard because now I was proving to someone at that time as well. At that time, I was trying to prove to my father, who, who was a, this multimillionaire, that I didn't need his money. I could make money myself. And my only way of making money was through education. So my brother went one route. He went the delinquent route. And I went the other route of being the top overachiever. It doesn't matter how hard I had to work. And I worked extra hard. All I remember doing when my childhood was study. That's all I ever did. I didn't do anything else. Mm-hmm. Because for the same reason, the drive was there to prove myself. It's only when you 
when you become an adult and you start looking through your your past traumas, when you start looking through your issues, you realize the only person you're trying to prove something to you to to is to yourself. You are yeah. you are your own worst enemy, and yes. you as soon as you turn that around and become your own best friend, your biggest cheerleader, that the fuel you're talking about, which is coming from anger, can come from self-love, which is a lot healthier and a lot more productive. Right. And 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 it actually takes you a lot further than we you know you would otherwise be. And I love the fact that you say every failure is a lesson is it's not a failure. It's just a lesson. It's an expensive lesson, but it's a lesson nonetheless. But I will tell you, people hear this phrase all the time and I want to correct this phrase. People say you have to fail to succeed, right? Mm. Fail fast, succeed fast. And that yeah. makes me cringe every time I hear it. Because failure leads to failure. Mm. The only way failure ever leads to success is if you learn from the failure. And there are people that you know in your life that always fail. They fail over and over and over. They can't seem to win for any. It's because they're not learning from the failure. It's Mm -hmm. the learning from the failure that leads to the success, not the failure, right? I tell business people, when you fail, you do a post-failure analysis. You figure out what you did wrong and never do that again. Yeah. But if you don't if you don't go through that learning phase, then you're doomed to repeat what you've already done. So it's the learning. And I'll give you one more concept. And this is, I, I talk to entrepreneurs about this one a lot too. The reality is we all start at a different place in life. Yes, 100%, right? 100%. I, I, my, my first book was called Starting Life at Zero, mm-hmm. right? Now, my children- they have a wealthy father, they have master's degrees, advanced education. If they go into business, they're going to start way up here, yes. right? They've got, they get, the, they don't need to worry about learning all these lessons. Me, I started way down here. Mm-hmm. Everybody starts at a different level. Yeah, You can succeed at whatever it is you want to succeed. As long as you do two things, as long as you understand where you're starting and that wherever you start is going to require you to learn a different set of lessons or more lessons along the way. Yeah. And the example is if there's a hundred lessons and you're starting at 50, you only have to learn 50. If you're starting at zero, you got to learn all hundred and you're going to have to go through them and you're going to have to learn them. And that's just the cards you were dealt in life. So don't quit, be persistent, deal with it and move on. And you will succeed at whatever level you want to succeed at. You just might have to do more work than somebody else. And you can't get mad at the people who are starting at 50. That's just, it yeah. is what it is. It is what it is. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. I'm going to go back to, to both of those concepts. One about the failure. I think the, the, that, that reminded me of a story from Bob Proctor. I think it was Bob Proctor, may he rest in peace. He mentioned about a story when, you know, if you have uh, oh, your house burns down and have all your valuables in there, but you knew there was a diamond in there. As soon as you're able to go back into that, to, to the locality, you're going to go and search for that diamond, aren't you? Because you know the diamond's not going to burn. So you, you're, going to, you're going to go and look for the diamond. That's how we need to approach our so-called failures because there's a lesson in there which is worth diamonds. Yep. And this is what we need to do. I remember taking that on board. I mean, I'm one of those people and, and I, I, you know, <laughs> I'm just naively optimistic about everything in the world. Um, and I, I I, literally have, I'm one of those people who does learn through um, failures. 
I, there's nothing that I've learned in my life. I could say I've learned from other people. I know the lesson and I will still make the mistakes and then I'll learn the lesson. <laughs> and that's how I do it, right? <laughs> so I'm, I, investments, I, you know, everything I've made, I've lost first and then I made again. Um, but I'm one of those people who goes looking, digging for diamonds. I go and find, okay, what could I have done differently? How can I do it differently? And how can I have a mindset around it differently? So this is why I want to reassure people that even though they can see someone like you and I, and, you know, we have multiple you know, businesses and, you know, they're, they're in seven figures or whatever else. I, I'm one of those people that still make mistakes. And I'm, I'm, but I'm okay Always. with making mistakes because I know if I, I'm not <clears throat> trying to make a mistake, I'm trying to do the best I can in the circumstances that I have at hand. If it doesn't go in the way I want it and I see it as a failure or a mistake, I can learn from it. So that's one mindset, how you think of it. That's one thing. The second thing about you, what you said, I love you that you said that because people, we are all starting out, even when we are, uh, even if we have so-called similar lifestyle. And I'm going to give an example here. So when I was starting out in my in my uh, in my school, I, I I grew up in East London, and it was heavily populated with brown people, people of color, black and brown, so forth. And even then, this is going back in the in the in the early nineties. If you were a person of color, you were a disadvantage. Simple as that. Okay, so mm-hmm. if you're a man, you have an advantage. If you're a woman, you have a Bit, bit, you're a bit more disadvantaged than men. If you're a woman, if you're a man of color, you're, you know, you're, you're, you have disadvantage. If you're a woman of color, you have more disadvantage. And then I grew up as a dyslexic person on top of that, right? So we are all, we all start at different levels. And I remember that. And my brother, who should have, he was a brown boy, he should have more advantage than me because he had more freedom than I did and he has more liberties than I did. Yet he did not go down and wasn't able to be as successful as I am. But even though he started up ahead of me, and there are, my, I now I'm looking back, I have, you know, uh, colleagues or people in my year, they're, you know, white, female, Caucasian, everything was going for them. And I'm way above in terms of financial success. I can't say personal success, but financial success, because I chose a different route. I made some decisions and I didn't allow their advantage to make me feel inferior. I just said, okay, they're there and there. I can catch up. And I think it's how you view things. If you understand that somebody, some part of the world is below you and somebody, some part of the world is ahead of you, <laughs> stop competing with people and how fast and quickly they arrive somewhere. You just need to be aware of where you are and accept life yes. is not fair. This is one thing yes. that I teach my children. I, I mean, it's a concept that I, 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 my mother used to say, life isn't fair, but God is. So remember right. that if you, as long as you're happy and sincere and you know where you're going, because you have been given a, a certain hand, you know, certain things, certain skill sets and uh, abilities and other people have some other abilities, doesn't mean that you are any inferior. You just have a different path and you can still get to wherever you want to get to, depending on whatever you desire. I mean, I have no desire to be a singer. You know, that's the reason why I don't have the singing skills, but I do have a desire to be a public speaker. So I am a public speaker. Does that make sense? So it, it's this, you are given the skill sets. Uh, to to uh, accomplish life purpose but if i start competing myself with somebody who's you know slim swims olympic that's ridiculous because i don't have right. the desire nor the skill set nor the body structure for it right so here's an interesting question i'll pose back to you yeah so and i see this a lot and it was something uh my stepbrother said to me early on and and i'll relate it back to you you and your brother raised in the same house right yeah. same parents yeah basically the same upbringing yeah. two divergent paths 
completely why is that? We, we, why? yeah we are why? as different as chalk and cheese and this is exactly mindset things when my brother when because i'll give you a bit of background to my story my father was i would be a billion in today's day and age right when i was five and my brother was six my father remarried and he had the full intention of keeping home too because in islam you like multiple wives um so you have to like up to four wives my mother had chosen not to stay with my father because of that reason my father played the financial card and he said if you don't stay i won't give you money old you know the old trick in the bag my mother left um pakistan and came back to uk we were born in uk and we, we were born in manchester but we, we moved to london now my brother saw my father's success and my father's abilities like oh, my father's so rich my mother's so poor we literally went from riches to rags to the point we didn't have cutlery we we're literally using you know the, the plastic containers which we got we walked food in i on the other hand is a completely different mindset thought, my father can do it i can do it it was a mindset that came in at an early age my father my brother took one aspect and took on the victim mentality at a young age i took on that you know what my father can do it and i can do it. i don't need my father i can do it but i can do why? it why why so the why was it an event did something tragic is there a trauma event that caused that or is it nature or nurture i talk about this a lot i think this is where it comes up with um I mean, it's an interesting question because I think the because my mother's teaching was exactly the same for both of mm-hmm. us. What we took away from it was very different. So I would say this definitely comes into your natural instincts in terms of it must be nature because it's exactly the same teaching, exactly the same circumstances. I went, we literally are so different even to this day. We are different as chalk and cheese. But I went, I had to be successful. There's no way that I wasn't going to be. And I also... I had the idea that I'm going to do it the right way. He wanted the things as well. He wanted the fast cars, whatever. Then he went the juvenile delinquent, by, you know, by stealing and other things and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has to be. It, 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 I think from from if I look in my household and if I look at my brother and myself, exactly the same teaching from the same woman, exactly the same circumstances. And the age was the same as well. Six and se- difference between five and six and six and seven. There's not much difference. Mm-hmm. It definitely has to be nature. You know, it's it's not nurture because nurturing's been the same from the same woman. It was just these two individuals. One decided that way is the best, which is you know I'm gonna I'm gonna prove to my father that I can do it this way. My, and my brother going, well, I can't get it. I'll get it the other way, and he went the wrong wrong path. So I would definitely say there's an element of uh, of nature involved because it's the mindset. Because you can't you can't. I, I mean, I never had I never talked thought about this. Never discussed it before. You can't teach a five-year-old, six-year-old to think in a particular way or, or think very differently because they both have the same teaching from the same woman about, you know, being God-conscious and being religious and being everything else. If we're both receiving the same exact information, yet I'm interpreting it one way and he's interpreting another way at a young age, but there could be an element of nurture as well because being a girl, I did not go out as much. Mm-hmm. He, being a boy did go out and then we grew uh, because we moved from a very rich into a very 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 poor environment his external environment had a bigger influence on him so that could be it the external environment had a bigger influence on him whereas because i stayed indoors i was a girl my mother had a bit of be a bigger mm-hmm. influence on me so there could be a bit, a bit of both nature and nurture yeah, that's interesting that's the first time i ever thought of it like that now, let me ask you this. Yeah. Is that something, and your mother, I am, I've got two children. Is that something you can identify and potentially help overcome through their childhood, teenage years? Or is that something you can overcome at this point, right? Like when they're an adult and they're 30 years old, is it possible to back, go back and overcome 
whatever limitation or whatever, whatever it is that caused them to go down that route to bring them back to a different type of lifestyle. Is that possible? 100%. That's exactly what I teach. Okay. You can start off at any moment in time because you can first, the way to go overcome this is one, recognize that there is a difference. And, um, and the person I'm talking about, my brother, he has changed himself. He's now, I mean, he wouldn't listen to his sister because his sister, you know, that's not going to happen. <laughs> of course not. Right. But he has, he starts off listening to Tony Robbins. He listens to Jim Rowan's old, old CDs and stuff. And he has started listening to a lot of motivational speaking, a lot of mindset thinking. So his mindset's changed. And funny enough, when his mindset started changing, guess what? His life experiences started changing. He's now remarried and he's now picking up himself and he's now business is coming up again and he's working on his life and his life is coming back in order again. And I see it so beautifully because as soon as he started working on his mindset, his life started shifting. So this is for anybody who's listening. doesn't matter where you are, what you've done in the past. There's no such thing as my life is over. You can start today to start a new beginning. But the very first thing before you take action is to work on your mindset. And you, as long as you do, and you can, and I, I teach a concept called rewriting your stories. We need to emotionally disconnect with our past traumas. And this is what we, this is something that I do. I, I help you to go back to those those childhood memories because that, that trauma that you suffered as a four-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old stays with you unless you work through it and it will dictate your life. That five-year-old version of you, Brian, is going to dictate what, how you behave when you're 55, 65, 75. Without question. So you go back and you, you know, you speak to the five-year-old version of you and you help that child let go of that trauma by rewriting your story. This is not fabrication. We're not making a false memory for you. We are just disconnecting from the emotional trauma. So once you've disconnected from the emotional trauma, what happens is the memory remains, but the emotional charge diffuses. So you're no longer angry, upset, and frustrated and sad over it. And therefore, you no longer hold that, you know, that cord next to you. You're no longer being held victim to that memory. And you're able to progress further in your 40s, 50s, or 60s, and 70s. And I have, I've seen people in their 70s still holding on to traumas from their own children. If you don't mm-hmm. work through it, this is not some magic wand that at a certain age you let go of old traumas. This is something that you have to do actively work on your past self and give yourself space and uh, the emotional space to be able to go through it. If you are upset as a child of, when you, so for example, I'll give you some more example. When I was five, my, my brother, you know, bullied me and took my ice cream. That sounds ridiculous to an adult. Like, what, what difference does that make? <laughs> but to a five-year-old, that's that, the whole world, you know? So you have to, you know, go and reassure the five-year-old. It's okay. Your brother wasn't being mean. He was just being, you know, he was just playing for you, whatever, whatever. And you reassure that child. And you take away that the anger towards a brother or the sibling, whoever it is. And you help that, you know, you, and you end up and you understand that one memory could have been could result in you having a really antagonistic relationship with that sibling of yours and not understand why. Because at that point in time, he made you feel threatened, made you feel lonely, and you were scared and angry with your sibling. That one memory has been dictating how you proceed in terms of the relationship you have with your sibling. And I, again, most of the things I'm talking about, I've done this for myself because I had a very antagonistic relationship with my brother. Um, and I cleared all my past traumas with him to now having a very, very, very loving relationship. We, you know, we he and I are very, very close. And I, you know, I, he's my rock and I'm his rock. But these are things where you have as a child, you have to work through. Does that make sense? Yes. But can you identify them in your own children and help them work through it before it affects the rest of their life? I think that's a great question. I think if it, the answer, the short answer is yes, you can. Um, but I think it's more complicated than that because I think the, the idea would be if you are self-aware 
then you would help your children to grow in the most uh, loving, nurturing environment ever. If that's not possible, as in the case in, in my case, because I, I've had not one, but two um, emotionally abusive marriages, then your children also go through the, the emotional abuse with you when you are going through the, those times. Mm-hmm. I've been working with my children and I've been, you know, I've given, I've been, I won't say brainwashing them, but I would say programming them positively in the right direction from an early age. Uh, and I'll give you an example of that. So my daughter has seen that I had not one, but two abusive marriages, two extremes, you know, from one being physically abusive, the other being emotionally, financially, and, uh, you know, um, <laughs> heavily abusive that way uh, and narcissistic. I did not want my daughter to grow up with the idea that men are awful or men are horrible. So I have been programming her from a young age to have a very healthy image of men. And at that time, my brother wasn't a healthy image either. He was lost and going through depression. I purposely spoke positively about men around her, around you know, the uncles or whatever else and the people around her. And I have given both my son and my daughter really positive role models from, from other, from, you know, they're not, in my in our immediate family but cousins and relatives and you know friends uh, fathers purposely for it so you can help your children work through those traumas as long as you identify yourself because they won't be able to identify when they're younger as they get and and when you're when they're older you are not there responsible to you know identify for them you need to give them tools to identify themselves so they because this is a lifelong process but as long as they grow up healthy knowing the, the knowledge they have the tools to be able to deal with whatever life throws their way. And life is life is going to throw their things away. Yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah. Let's, not, let's yeah. not beat the bush about it. You know, they're never going to have a happy life for the rest of life. They're going to have the ups and downs. They're going to have their share of failures and heartaches. As long as they have the tools to work through them and the, the ability to process through their emotions, no trauma no setback will keep them low. They may be low at one point in time, but they won't stay there because they'll get up, brush themselves off and carry on going. But this is where the, the tools we give them as children. That's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean the other, other way around. But anyway, we'll, we'll wrap that up on that point. So just give, give a summary again, Brian, for anybody listening. What advice would you give to someone who feels you know, I don't have the right education. I don't have the right contacts. I don't know how I'm not lucky enough. Uh, you know, how can I possibly succeed in business? I tell people this all the time. I say, look, again, I don't care where you are today. I don't care if you grew up in an abusive home. So did I. I don't care if you have health problems. So did I. I don't care if you have bad credit. So did I. I don't care if you have no education. I failed out of high school. I don't care where you're at. You can still succeed at any level you want to succeed if you're willing to learn the number of lessons required and not quit along the way. You can have anything you want. It's just a matter of moving forward, learning the lessons, and then getting there. That's it. Perfect. And on that note, we're going to wrap this up. So, Brian, tell us, how can we connect with you? Where can you find you on the internet? Yeah, so I have a website. It's www.brianwillmedia.com. Brianwillmedia.com. My podcast is there. My books are there. Everything's there. Wonderful. If you're listening to us on the podcast, remember the links for Brian will be in the show notes. And if you watch us on YouTube, then down below in the description section, we'll have all the links for Brian too. Go check him out. He's one amazing person. Go pick up his books as well. And uh, I know for a fact that I'm going to be buying one of his books (laughs) to start reading a bit more and get to know more about his mindset. But today, Brian, thank you so much for being our guest. We have to have you back on my talkies. But today, thank you so much for the interesting conversation. I appreciate it, Gal. It was awesome. 
And thank you for listening to me and Brian today. I will be back with another amazing guest, another Friday feature, finding out how they change their life by changing their mindset. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website, www.gulkhan.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop. And if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money, then go and get my book, Laws of Money, from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.